When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Yeah, kia ora, good morning and welcome to the show. It's three past nine here on SENZ. Uh, no, Smithy, of course, still over at the uh, Cricket World Cup, T20 Cricket World Cup. And man, uh, what a game that is going to be tonight. The semi-final against Pakistan. Talked to Ken Rutherford yesterday about 92 and there were some parallels there, weren't there? I mean, Pakistan sneaking in, New Zealand looking pretty good throughout the tournament. End up facing them in a... Uh, in a knockout game in a semi-final. Uh, also meant that the Australians, as hosts, didn't make the playoffs or the uh, or the knockout stages, I should say. So lots of parallels there. Uh, we don't have a great record against Pakistan in knockout matches. We'll talk to Shane Jurgensen about that, the Black Caps bowling coach. He's coming on after 10 and see if that's been a focus at all uh, or a conversation at all in the Black Caps camp ahead of tonight's match. Of course, you can catch live coverage, live commentary of tonight's match with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott right here on SENZ. Also coming up on the show, well, we uh, do have uh, a football firm coming on shortly. Claudia Bunge is going to join us. Uh, they play two matches against South Korea, the Football Ferns, uh, playing in Christchurch on Saturday for the first of those. We're going to catch up with her, see how things are, are progressing in the Football Ferns camp. Of course, uh, it's a big, what, six months to a year for them, uh, a World Cup. They've got the US women's team here for a couple of warm-up games in January, these games against the South Koreans as well. So we'll get into that. Then we're going to do talkback time after uh, the update from News and Sport from Araha with a Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill, thanks to Ava Living, up for grabs for our caller of the month, so make sure uh, you're on that. Also uh, coming up, uh, we're going to do a panel. Andrew Gordy, Guy Havelt are going to be on the panel. We'll talk Black Ferns, we'll talk Women's World Cup, we'll talk Rugby League World Cup, the Black Caps and Cup Week with those guys as well. A couple of uh, proud Cantabrians. I'm sure they've got uh, some memories from Cup Week. Probably unable to share half of them, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll try. We'll see what we can do. After 11, Frank Fister. He is the Auckland Tuatara's third base coach and mental skills coach. They start their season this weekend over in Brisbane, and we'll catch up with him just after 11 and then there is a stumped as well a $50 bonus bet could be yours we'll do that around 11.30 it is six past nine the football ferns are in the country they have gathered under Yetka Klimkova for a couple of matches against South Korea one of those matches the first of those matches on Saturday is uh, in Christchurch which of course is a city that won't host 
any matches of the World Cup, which is here next year. Um, so they have two games in Christchurch, the 12th and the 15th of this month. Uh, so your opportunity, Christchurch, to get along and support the football fans ahead of that World Cup. And one of those football fans is with us now, Claudia Bunge. G'day, Claudia. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good. How is it being in camp and, and being back home for a bit? It's so nice. Um, the girls and I were just saying it's it's nice to come into camp not feeling jet-lagged. Um, a few of us came over from um, Australia and uh, quite a few travelled up from um, Wellington. So, yeah, it's really good to be home. Yeah, great to be home. And, uh, you know, the challenge of, of South Korea, not to be sniffed at, eh? They're a, they're a very good football side. Uh, they play a, a different style of game to what uh, the Ferns traditionally play. What are, you, what are you expecting the challenges to be there? Yeah, um, we played them pretty much a year ago. Um, so, yeah, we, we know what they're about. They're, you know, really good on the ball. Um, pretty pretty direct for a, um, for an Asian country. So, yeah, we kind of know what to expect, but they're definitely a really good side. They've got some great players. Um, and, yeah, we're really looking forward to hopefully a really competitive match against them. Yeah, I mean, what is the what are, you're coming into this? Obviously, you're in camp. You've got a few days to work on, I guess, on shape and and, and some tactics and some ideas. Uh, but what is the main focus of of these two games uh, from Yitka? What 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 has she sort of instilled with you guys? Yeah, it's just to continue um, building momentum for the World Cup, and I think it's great. We've got quite a few home games coming up against lots of different opposition who are going to give us different you know things we're going to need to figure out, but. Um, she wants us to play uh, a pressing game, um, so we want to lock them in, in in their half and keep the ball in their half as much as possible. Um, and yeah, kind of taking taking it off that. And um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, turn over the ball in their half and um, yeah, score some goals would, would be good. Yeah, scoring goals would be good because it has been something that's, I guess, probably been the biggest challenge for the football ferns, what, over the last year? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think yeah, we've had quite a few new players coming into the the um, environment, and obviously with Yitka coming in, and she's you know got a different philosophy. So um, yeah, it's going to take time to to find our feet, but I think each game we're we're getting better, and um, yeah, it's going to be great leading up to World Cup to see what else we can do. In terms of your position, I mean, I, I guess it feels like you've now. Uh, I don't know how it feels to you, but from the outside, it looks like you've now cemented yourself one of those defensive spots in the team. Um, I, how, how is that feeling to you, and what are those conversations like with Yitka? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say cementing. I think you know, there's still um, every position's pretty competitive, and I think a bit of friendly fire and, and training and um, that competitiveness is what's going to make us better. So, you know, whether I'm playing or whatever you know my role is in this team I just want to execute my job um but yeah I have been fortunate enough to be playing the last few games so I just want to keep playing consistently um and yeah just doing my bit for the team well I mean you're doing your bit and and uh, and and then some uh if you look at what you're doing at club level right with the Melbourne victory you've been over there for two seasons you land and they win back-to-back championships that can't be a coincidence <laughs> uh, I can't take credit for it. My my coach is amazing, um, and the club are really supportive of us. So um, yeah, it's a combination of that, and I think the the people Jeff's recruited um, in the last couple of years has um, yeah led to our success. Uh, but also, he's just a fantastic coach. He's I think the most successful A League women's 
coach um, in the competition. So, yeah, that can't go unnoticed either. Yeah, well, I noticed um, the director of football over at the Victory, uh, uh, John, and I'm going to mess this up, so I apologise in advance, John, uh, did a Luca. Um, have I got yeah. that? Is that close? Um, yeah, we just we just call him JD. JD, <laughs> JD. Oh, I wish I'd known yeah. that beforehand. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, but he said about you that you're one of the most reliable defenders in the league. Your ability to read play and manage dangerous moments throughout the match, and that you know, um, you're a big part of the reason why you've got back, they've won back to back titles. Oh, that's very nice of him to say that. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it goes the same for victory as it does for the Ferns. You know, I just want to do my job at the end of the day. Um, and that does mean, you know, kind of getting through those tough moments. I think, yeah, we we didn't have much of the ball in the final against Sydney FC, but I didn't mind it too much because I kind of like those defending moments. So, yeah, that that's kind of what I have to do at the end of the day. Do you have a preference um, playing in a two or playing in a three? And, and, and how do you see your role if you're playing in a two? Um, oh, you mean like formation-wise at the yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm a fan of the old like four across the back. Three is good, um, but you probably just have to cover a bit more ground. And um, not that I don't like running, but if I can... <laughs> If I can prevent how many metres I'm running, then I'd rather do that. So I'm going to have to go with just the classic four at the back. Yeah, nice. Uh, I mean, and since you've been <laughs> over at the victory, uh, obviously Gareth Turnbull's also over there, somebody that you'll know pretty well from the Football Ferns Development yep. Programme and, and formerly a Ferns uh, coach as well. Um, you know, what do you think the biggest improvement in your game has been? Um, yeah, I guess working with Jeff and Gareth, and i got to, you know, give credit to Gareth because he's the one that kind of built that connection um, between me and Victory so I'm I'm really grateful to him for that Um, but working with him who I know quite well because he coached me and a lot of the other girls through 17s and 20s um, was awesome but Jeff's also played at the top level um, as a centre back so I think I've been able to you know lean on him and get a lot of um, position specific advice um, which I think has helped me in the last 12 months. Now there was some talk that you might uh, go go to the northern hemisphere. I, I, I understand there were there were links to uh, Brighton and Manchester United in the in the women's Super League. How close were you to moving? Um, it was something I was definitely wanting to do. Um, I wasn't sure when it would happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I had a few interests from places, but nothing really concrete. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty happy to be back at Victory, and I think um, with where we've got tours for the Ferns um, being home for the next few months leading up to the World Cup, I I think it's going to work out really well. And um, Jeff's a great coach, and I love the club, and I'm pretty happy to be there. So hopefully we can yeah do the three peat. Yeah, I mean, is is the three peat on the on the bucket list? I mean, because I was looking at it, going, well, you've won back to back titles. You know, if, if you went overseas, yeah. no one could blame you because you've really achieved everything you can achieve in the game and, you know, down here in the A-League. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we're pretty keen to, to win the championship for a, for a third time. I think Melbourne City are the only other team that have maybe done it. Um, but, yeah, it's not really something we talk about too much. We kind of am just going to be taking it game by game, which is our usual approach. Um, so, yeah, it would, it would be awesome to, to do it again with the girls. I actually see across the city, um, not only have you got Wilkie there now at Melbourne City, but Katie Bowen signed as well. So another couple of ferns in Melbourne for you to hang out with off the pitch. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, And I'm I'm really happy for Bo to be um, at City. I think 
she'll she'll be really good for them. Um, and yeah, obviously her and Wilkie are like best mates as well, so I'm sure Wilkie's happy with that. Um, and then yeah, it's nice to be playing against Kiwis. I think most teams in the league now pretty much have one Kiwi in their team. Um, so yeah, it should make the Melbourne derbies a little bit more uh, a bit more competitive, I reckon. Yeah, definitely, mate. Definitely, you might be leaving your foot in a couple of challenges. Do you think potentially? <laughs> Maybe. We won't tell them that, though. No, no, no. We won't say too much. Won't say too much. Uh, I mean, you were part of that Football Ferns Development Programme when it first started. Uh, and, you know, you look where you are now, which is which is fantastic. And we're seeing more and more of that. You know, players like Alyssa Wynnum, she's really, uh, you know, sort of made her mark, I think, under-20s particularly. She's on the fringes of the Ferns. Mm-hmm. Grace Wisniewski's in the team this time around. I mean... Uh, where do you, how, how far do you think the women's game has come since, you know, maybe you first stepped foot into that FFDP? Um, yeah, it's kind of skyrocketed even in the last, like, three to five years. The game's um, just blown up and, you know, you can see what's happened with the Euros recently. Um, and, like, the people that are attending games now is just crazy. But it's, it's yeah, it's it's really cool to see. And I think having that program there, um, has been really good. It kind of makes the transition into um, professional football a bit smoother because it is pretty tough. You go from playing just like national league and club level, which is training two to three times a week, if you're lucky, um, to straight into professional football, you're training like five, six times a week. So yeah, it's definitely helped me and other girls as well, like Wiz and um, Alyssa, who you pointed out. Um, and yeah, they're doing really well and we're getting a lot of really, really good young players coming through, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, and, you know, looking forward to seeing how they uh, take the step up into the full national level because, of course, you've got these two games against Korea, your opportunity to, to really uh, make a mark for yourself uh, in front of Yitka. And then January, mm-hmm. um, the little matter of the number one team and defending world champions coming down here. How excited yeah. about that are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I think this will be... Uh, the US's first time coming to New Zealand. Um, and yeah, obviously, there's not really too much I need to say. They're, they're the best for a reason. Um, and we want to be playing against the best teams. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. And it's, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Mate, it, it's it, it's going to be huge. I mean, you look at um, we've had, of course, the cricket, the women's cricket World Cup here, which was during COVID, so crowds were an issue because you, you know you couldn't open stadiums up fully. Uh, but now we're in the mm-hmm. you know at the final throws of the Rugby World Cup, and uh, it looks like Eden Park's a sellout for that final this weekend. Um, and then we look at the FIFA Women's World Cup, which I think will be a step up again. I mean, I think tickets to the USA Holland. Uh, and, and Wellington went on sale and sold out in half an hour. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the the you know the the top tickets. Uh, I don't think New Zealand's going to yeah. know what what what's hit it, are they? No, not really. Um, I mean, yeah, the with the Rugby World Cup that's going on and the final that's this weekend, we're we're also pumped and um, it's been awesome to see the country get behind the Black Ferns. Um, they're an amazing team and yeah, hopefully they can do the job um, this weekend. But yeah, I mean, the good thing about football is it's brings um like a global audience and i think 
um, yeah, New Zealand's not quite ready. I reckon we're going to be bringing a lot of international visitors um, for the tournament. So it's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really looking forward to it and, and looking forward to seeing how the ferns shape up ahead of that group because uh, it's going to be so... Uh, <laughs> It's going to be so important for us, I think, to get out of that group um, and and mm-hmm. to really deliver for a World Cup on uh, in our own backyard. Hey, Claudia, thanks very much mm-hmm. for your time, mate. Best of luck against the Koreans in the next couple of uh, in the next week and a half, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, eh? Yep, sounds great. Thank you for having me. Cheers, anytime, anytime. Claudia Bunge, their football fern. Uh, those games are the twelfth, which is uh, this weekend, of course. I think it's this Saturday and the 15th against Korea at Orange Theory Stadium tickets available now and you know if you are in Christchurch your only opportunity to really see the football ferns before the World Cup because uh, there's not a group based in Christchurch due to the stadium situation there so you'd have to get to Dunedin otherwise or Hamilton or Wellington or Auckland so yeah if you're a Christchurch if you're in Christchurch and you want to go support the football ferns now is the time to do it it is uh, 19 past nine here on SENZ now we do have for the SENZ caller of the month an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill up for grabs uh, for the caller of the month. All you need to do is call us anytime, 0800 150 811, and be part of the program. And you're in the draw. That's what we're going to do shortly. Uh, we're going to be talking some cricket, I think, with the big semi final this weekend. Also, the Kiwi Ferns up against the Jillaroos coming up soon. We've got that Rugby World Cup final and the little matter of the All Blacks playing the Scots as well. We'll get into all of that and more shortly. 9.25 here on Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball with you through till midday today. We are going to be opening the phones and uh, doing talkback time shortly. A reminder that that Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill, thanks to Ava Living, could be yours just by ringing and being part of the programme on 0800 We'll do that after the latest in news and sport from Aroha at uh, 9.30. Have had a couple of texts through though on double eight double three. This one from Chris. Uh, from Chris. Uh, could you please tell me what teams are playing in Hamilton in the FIFA Women's World Cup and dates as well? Yeah, I can tell you that, Chris. So on the twenty second of uh, July, sorry, twenty yeah, twenty second of July, uh, Zambia, Japan, and then you've got uh, Switzerland, Norway on the twenty sixth of July, and then you've got uh, a team yet to be. Determined because there's a couple of play-in tournaments for the last qualifiers. A team playing against Vietnam on the 27th of July. Then you've got, uh, I think it's Costa Rica uh, playing Zambia. That is on the 31st of July. And the last game in Hamilton is on the 2nd of August. And it should be a beauty, actually. Argentina versus Sweden. So those are the games that you've got, Chris, in uh, Hamilton for the FIFA Women's World Cup. You can text us through double eight double three with your comments and questions. That is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. So keep those coming through to us. And looking forward, of course, tonight to the cricket, the semi-final of the T20 Men's Cricket World Cup. And it is New Zealand up against Pakistan. Uh, we've talked yesterday with Ken Rutherford about that and about maybe a little bit of a hoodoo with the Pakistanis at this time of the tournament. We lost to them in 92, lost to them in 99 as well. I think there's been a, there's been a few times that Pakistan have spoiled the party for the Black Caps, Logan. Yeah, on that, do you want to relive some memories? 
Why not? Let's re- let's relive some memories. All right, uh, this, I don't know whether we want to, but we're going to. This this is motivation. This is motivation for the lads across the ditch. 1992, Eden Park, New Zealand v Pakistan. Big hit. It's gone for six. It's going all the way. That's six over off. And if ever Pakistan needed six runs, this was the moment for it. He's pulled it. Man out there at square leg. He's defending. It's going fine. It could go all the way. He's coming around quickly. We die. That's four runs. And Pakistan have won the first semi-final at Eden Park. A magnificent performance by Jarvid Mandan. Inzaman Ohak. And look at that. Look at Jarvid. What a performance for the veteran. A magnificent win when you're chasing 262. You have to do all the hard work. Well, the entire Pakistan team has raced onto the field. And no wonder. Yeah, there you go. That was Pakistan. Uh, you know, New Zealand in that tournament started really well. We beat Australia in the opening game, parallels to this tournament. Australia didn't qualify for the playoffs, parallels to this tournament. In fact, the only game that New Zealand lost at that World Cup in the group stages was the last one, which was a dead rubber because they'd always already qualified top. And they lost that game to Pakistan, which knocked Australia out and got Pakistan in. And then we managed to lose to Pakistan two games in a row. So you can see what I'm saying here. Uh, it certainly um, has some parallels to this World Cup. And, yeah, I think um, New Zealand has every right to be nervous. We are going to be talking to Shane Jurgensen, the Black Caps bowling coach. He's going to join us just after 10 o'clock. We'll talk to him about the approach to this game and what uh, they're thinking of the conversations in camp and whether or not that has had any uh, bearing on what they have been talking about as well. Make sure you text us on double eight double three, the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. What else is going on? Well, of course, uh, the Kiwi Ferns up against the Jillaroos. And Logan, I believe we're going to have uh, one of the Kiwi Ferns on the show tomorrow morning. Yeah, we are Georgia Hale. Uh, I'm big, big fan of Georgia Hale. I know you are. Yeah, mate. Looking forward to chatting to her because you know the uh, the Jillaroos have really cleaned up in their group. They've they haven't conceded a point yet, and they've scored an absolute ton of points themselves. The Kiwi Ferns maybe haven't looked as dominant against the teams that the Aussies have. So uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how how they go against the Jillaroos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I mean, <laughs> we always love uh, New Zealand v Australia, so Georgia Hale will be on the program tomorrow, just after 9 o'clock. Looking forward to that one. And speaking of Rugby League World Cups, Ricardo, I mean, you've probably seen this story. Mm. What's the, like, organisers uh, reportedly booking the Kiwis' flights home the day after the semi-final against the Kangaroos. So they clearly are predicting that the Kangaroos are going to make it through. I don't know if uh, Madge and the boys need any more motivation than that than to give the organisers uh, a very expensive uh, flight change. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I mean, particularly when you consider, you know, going into the tournament, everybody was saying the Kiwis are the favourites, number one team in the world. Um <laughs> <laughs> We've just had a text through. Take that crap off my radio now. I'm still not over 92. I have issues. We apologise. Uh, we apologise for that. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I mean, because they will have already been burnt by Samoa knocking out Tonga, you would have thought. Yeah, no, I, I was reading about that. Apparently, it costs about $350. Her flight change was seems Ooh. really excessive. It does, yeah, well, they, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that uh, that will be great motivation. And you know, like I said, beginning of the tournament, pre-tournament, even our Aussie correspondents were saying the Kiwis are the favourites because they've got a better forward pack. They were, 
And then now we're seeing, well, we had uh, Brandy on the show on Monday. Mm. It's almost like he's changed his tune. Now he's, he's reverting back to the, to Aussies and uh, England. So yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go, mate. All right. Well, uh, listen, we will take your calls on that, on the, the All Black Scotland, on the Black Caps against Pakistan, and whether or not you still have PTSD from 92 uh, after the latest in news and sport with Araha, which is right now. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. 27 away from 10 here on SENZ. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy while he is away at the T20 World Cup in Australia. Now, to be uh, in to win an Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill. Uh, thanks to Able Living, all you need to do is be a caller this month, uh, be part of the program, and you're in the draw to win one. So if you want to win one of those, uh, give us a call now, 0800 150 811. What do you want to talk? I mean, do you want to talk tonight's semi-final against Pakistan? Do you think there's a hoodoo? Because, I mean, 99 we lost to them, 92 we lost to them at this stage in World Cups as well. I think we've uh, lost, I think, four of the last five we've played against Pakistan as well. They do seem to have the water on us. How are you feeling about tonight? Mark has texted through on double eight double three, saying, we will beat Pakistan. Simple as that. Well, Mark, I like your confidence. So Mark is uh, is on board saying that we're going to beat Pakistan tonight. I'm not as confident as Mark is. I think it's going to be tight. But uh, the TAB uh, have New Zealand as favourites, head-to-head, paying $1.73. Pakistan paying $2.03. So what do you think? Let us know. 0800 150 811. What's your prediction for tonight? How's it going to go? Uh, and who's going to stand up for New Zealand? Who's going to be our player of the match? Who's going to be the match winner? We'll be with bat or ball. Let us know. 0800 150 811. 0800 This one has just come through from Jared as well. Why is it that I could rattle off over 75% of each international cricket side from 92 to the late 90s era, yet I struggle to get three of any of these sides these days? Is it just me? Probably, Jared. Probably got... You know, if you're anything like me, you've got a lot of other things on your mind than you did from the early early to mid-90s. And, yeah, uh, no, I, I think that's a big part of it. And there's just so much more sport as well, mm, right? Like, yeah. And there's so many forms of cricket to uh, cover as well, whereas back then, well, it was predominantly tests, but a bit of ODIs here and there. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, there was less cricket, there was less sport in general. It was easier to, to get your head around that stuff. And, I mean, you know, there's we'll talk to Guy Havelt about it on the panel, but he wrote a great story about whether or not this ODI, uh, this T20 World Cup is the is the death knell for ODI Cricket World Cups so and ODI International Cricket in general. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, Cliff from Dunedin on 0800 150 811. G'day, Cliff. How are you? Yeah, good, Ricardo. Oh, I'd hate to see the death of... Uh... 50 over cricket because it's just a bit, a bit more collection. You know, it gives the, the good players a bit more time. Mm. This is why the pressure's on the guys like Williamson and Steve Smith, guys who are so good at, at creating an innings. And in a 2020 game, it's you just don't have that time. And I, I, I'm thinking about Pakistan. It's that they're a dangerous team, and I. If we end up batting first, uh, we need a good start. And mm. we need – who's the young fellow? I just lost his name. Um, uh, Phillips the, or Finn Allen or 
Yeah, so if Finn Allen opens and starts off reasonable, but if he goes out, I think we need to keep pushing up another another hitter so that Williamson, if, if Conway went out, Williamson would come in, but if Finn Allen goes out, they bring in another hitter. Because like the other day, there's no use having guys like Nisham and Santner and these fellas coming in with barely two overs to go. It's just a waste of time. We need to keep the, the momentum going. I know Williamson had a had a solid effort in the end because, I mean, we're playing Ireland, but he, he did get in and he, and, he, and he went well. But I, I'd like to see them replace a hitter with a hitter. And I think there's two or three collectors in the team, like Conway and Williamson and, um, and Mitchell to an extent. But I think Mitchell could be classed as a hitter. But to me, I, we need to get a positive go in this whole game because they could really, they've got good spinners and they, and they can tie us down and it only takes a couple of guys to make a score against you. And and that's the worry for me with the Parkies. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, we just, we just, we just don't get enough that we could have got a lot more. You know what I mean? It's one of those games, the 2020 game is a game where you, you miss out because you just don't take enough. You don't try hard enough at the start. Well, that's the you thing. Know, I mean, that was I. I was critical of Williamson last week, and then he got the the good score against Ireland. And like you said, it is Ireland, but you you can't sort of um, hold back and say that he hasn't hasn't improved. But yeah, that strike rate for me. I mean, even Ken Rutherford said it yesterday. He um, has uh, even even against Ireland. You know, the first thirty balls were quite slow. Uh, I think in the game um, that we was it the game that we lost to England, I think, where he you know, we had thirty five dot balls in that whole innings and fourteen of them were canes. Um and he you know, he went for he scored forty but went at a run a ball. I mean, I don't know, do you if it's up to you, Cliff, do you think Kane has a future in T twenty cricket or do you think it's gone past him? Well, I think I think you can carry a couple of guys I don't mean it sounds bad carrying, but if you've got Conway and Williamson, you need a, the basically the rest of them have to be guys who were basically good hitters, and you've got to use your players. Like back in the old days, we used to bring Lars Cairns up in the batting order, or even Hadley, just to just to kick the kick the old fifty overs up, get it going. You know, if Conway's and Conway and if Allen are openers, and they they look that looks like a good opening pair. But if, if Conway goes out in the first five, six overs, then it's perfect for Williamson to come in because he gets that wee bit of chance to have a to have a look and to become the guy that bats through. But if if the Finn Allen goes out and we end up with Conway, it puts the pressure on Conway to become the hitter, and that's not him. He's not he's he's not a wagging type. I don't mean a wagger, but you know what I mean. He he's not that um, he's not a Finn Allen or or even Phillips. Yeah, he's not so going to hit it to cow have, corner, is he, over the top? No, well, Phillips could end up batting ahead of Williamson. To me, Finn Allen gets replaced by William, um, Phillips or maybe Nisham. It just give you a left and right hander. But yeah, it's a it's a yeah it's a big game. And look, history can bite you. And, and look, Pakistani have been a been a tough side for us. So um, yeah, hope, hopefully we can. Well, I'm trying to think. Don't really know what the wicket's going to do. Uh, if if we win the toss and have a bowl, you know we could we could nip them out early. I mean, bolt bolt is dangerous, but some t- the odd game he's he's just a bit flat. 
I, I think I think yeah, I think it's an advantage for either team to bat second. To be honest, it seems to have been it seems to be the way now with T Twenty cricket. Chasing is the is the preferred thing, right? Well, you know what you've got. You've got ten wickets, and in twenty overs, you can do a lot when you know that you've got to chase one hundred and sixty with ten wickets in hand. But if you've got a if you've got twenty overs to bat and you've got ten wickets, you don't really know what you want to set. Mm. And if you lose a couple of early wickets especially if you lose someone like Finn Allen early, then, then the whole game, then you go, well, we potentially we could get 200 if Allen came off, but could we get, should we look for 160 now? You know, yeah. are we going to bring guys up, up the order and try and keep the game, the momentum really going hard? And I think that's what we need to do because we bat a long way down. That's why Australia got burnt because we beat them and then they got a rained off game and that hurt them. You know, they were a good side, but their opener, it's been a bit of a problem with the guy, their best player, well, the guy that was going to open couldn't. And then uh, then they've had to try Green and other guys. And Yeah, it hasn't, yeah. hasn't quite worked for them, has it, Cliff? And Warner, Warner hasn't <laughs> fired and neither has Finch and then he got injured. So, you know, it's been a, a bit of a disaster for Australia, really. Uh, good stuff, mate. Yeah. Thanks very much for your call. Yeah, go United next time, and, and West Ham as well. Yeah, all the United's, Cliff. Thanks very much uh, for, for your call. A few texts on double eight double three have come through. Jared, hey, fellas, let's not talk about past losses to Pakistan. Let's create new memories like thrashing Australia in Australia in the first game. And tonight we'll be moving forward with a great win. I like I like your mentality, Jared. Uh, Joe joins us from Gisborne on 0800 150 Eight double one, uh, Joe. Uh, he's in the draw for the Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill. Thanks to Ava Living just by calling through. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good today, uh, Rick. Doing now. It's a bit wet here, so if uh, if the semi-finals been playing in Gizzy, we'd win on run rate, so that'd be a bonus. <laughs> but uh, mate, I, I just think we're looking at our team. You know, we and it's in a lot of sports where people say, "Oh, hey, we haven't beaten so and so since you know the First World War." It has nothing to do with a hoodoo. Different teams, different eras, different players. And, and when you look at people who continue to say, yep, oh, no, we haven't beaten them in the last five series, we haven't beaten them in this, doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter. Hoodoo doesn't exist. You know, different players, different eras, and different decision makers. But I'm thinking, I think we're going against Pakistan tonight, and if we do bat first, or when we bat, we will struggle against the spinners. And that's been something that's been a bit detrimental to our power play uh, regime as we as we go forward. If you look at Finn Allen gets out to the spin ball, the ball coming on like we did against Australia, ball coming on is easy, right? Using the pace, 16, 42 of 16 Finn Allen in that, in that uh, Australian game. But since then, when you start to look at players who have to work the ball, like Phillips, you know, like Williamson, uh, Conway struggled against the spin. We do not... Outside of, I think outside of our top three, outside of Kane Williamson, we don't have players who can play spin. And, and that's just a fact. Uh, and if that, if that uh, pitch in Sydney holds up or gets a bit gluey like, like previously, you know, and let's get stuck in there, we'll go through the power play, you know, 25, 30 runs off six overs. And that's the foundation where we need the, the 50 to 60 to try and get us to where we need to get to. Um, that's one thing I think I think that we'll have an issue against Pakistan with. Um, we've got firepower there, you know, no problem with that. And we, we bat deep, as everybody continues to say. But we only bat deep if everybody has a shot and everybody gets a go. But I do think Jimmy's got to come up the order a little bit. 
you got to stick with Kane, mate. I mean, everyone's rubbishing him. He's there. He's captain of an IPL side that's won the IPL. The, you know, the Sunrise Hyderabad. And, and he is a, he's a player who leads. He's a player who makes good decisions right? as a captain. And I think we just got to back off him a little bit, just like everyone was on the hammer of Sammy Kane. Mate, that's what we got. So back off and go with it tonight. And I just think he comes in, and, and, and I, I, I guarantee if we bat first, he'll come in early because, you know, we, we have a detriment against spin at the moment, uh, Ricardo. You know, and, and you look at our stats in, in this World Cup, you know, it's not good against the spin in the first six overs. Yep, we can get it away when Phillips comes in. He can work the ball. Jimmy Neesham can play spin. Right, Satna can play spin. But I just find that uh, I just think looking at uh, Conway and looking at Finn Allen, you know, playing for Wellington, they don't, they, don't, they don't go up against a lot of spin. We don't have a lot of turning tracks in New Zealand when they play um, club cricket. All the ball comes on and Finn Allen sticks, you know, Auckland over the back fence on the second oval, no problem. But, but with a turning wicket, yeah, I think that could be a little a little bit of our undoing. But we just gonna need to get through that patch. Yeah, it's interesting it's you say that, Joe, because I talked to Ken Rutherford about that yesterday, and he actually says, well, you know, if you actually look at the Pakistani lineup, their four most successful bowlers in this tournament have all been quicks, not their spinners. It's been their quicks um, that have been doing the job for them. In fact, against South Africa, they only bowled one spinner. Um, and the rest, the, the rest was all quicks. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Maybe that Pakistan side's you know morphed a bit and and it plays more like a uh, you know an England side or a Southern Hemisphere side than it does like a traditional subcontinent team. And I think that those quicks have come against the teams right who struggle against the quicks. I think when they look at New Zealand right, I think they'll see hey New Zealand struggle against the spin. So yeah, you're dead right. They've got some great pace bowlers, and they've resurrected their their, their pace artillery. You know, from from the days of of the Wakings, you know, who who just used to blast and left arm bowl 150 and knock you over. But I just think, you know, they're a smart side. You know, maybe they will sacrifice a quick for a spinner and go through that, get those eight overs, nip them out early, and before you know it, they're gone. But I think. Um, I think the way Ish is bowling, yeah, great. And I think the way Satin is bowling, fantastic. But, um, you know, our, our great two twins at the top of the order there, you know, they, they've been going for 40, 40 plus in the last few a few games. And I just think sometimes Lockie Ferguson, as for as quick as he is, you know, he's just he maybe just not getting the reward that he deserves. No, you might but, be onto uh, something there, Joe, I think. Hey, listen, mate, thanks very much for your call. We, we need to move on, but appreciate your call. Keep listening, mate, and you're in the draw to win that Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill, thanks to Ava Living as well. Eight away from ten here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Raz texted through, what a bunch of nervous Nellies your callers are. It all depends on what the bookies want. Slightly cynical, Ra. Slightly cynical, but okay. All right, we'll, uh, we'll let you have yours. Hey, now, if you want to help out a uh, follow SENZ listener, uh, then text us in your tips today because we had this text come in from Craig. He said, uh, hey, help, please. Can you, all the listeners, please help me place a $50 bonus bet that I won on Stumped? Any tips gratefully received. So double eight double three, get your tips through from Craig. Let's see if we can win him some money. And Logan, what happens if it rains all night in Sydney? You have the answer. Yeah, I've gone to the uh, Brains Trust for this. This comes from uh, Mitchell Scott, who looks after SEN Cricket. Uh, the ICC has confirmed that in terms of uh, of the final, 
that Monday is a reserve day if it's abandoned with no result. However, it would be a 5 p.m. New Zealand time start, so not a night game. And then with the semi-finals, there are also reserve days as well, but they're not expecting weather to be a factor. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the Sydney weather forecast for tonight. Of course, that game is underway uh, 9 o'clock New Zealand time tonight uh, and full coverage here on SCNZ with McCarty and Grant Elliott. And, uh, yeah, fine. Chance of rain, 8%, 17 degrees is what they're saying. So uh, that looks pretty good. I've lived in Sydney, mate. Yeah, don't count out those percentages. Uh, it's, It's not Auckland, though, is it? (laughs) <laughs> it's not quite that bad. It's not quite that bad. This is SCNZ. We'll be back with more of your texts and a TAB multi next. All right, time for the TAB multi here on SCNZ Mornings with Ian Smith. You can bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Here's where I've gone. Tonight in the cricket, Glenn Phillips' top New Zealand run scorer. Now, this has been boosted by the TAB. It's a boosted option. Normally just $5. It's paying six fifty. And for me, I think that's gimme. So I'm, I'm putting that in there. That's great value on Glenn Phillips being New Zealand's top run scorer. It means it's going to be a rich one. I've also got the Detroit Red Wings to beat the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL at $1.58. And tomorrow, Atalanta, who are fourth in Serie A, to beat Lecce, who are fourth from bottom, at $1.72, Logan. I like it. Anytime you pick a, a team to beat the Montreal Canadiens, I'm all for it, mate. All <laughs> yeah. for it. Return $17.66. Get on. There you go. That's 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 just for you, Craig and the Bay. Uh, get on that, mate, and you'll be laughing all the way to the bank. After 10 o'clock, we're talking more cricket. It's three past 10 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, and uh, we are crossing live now to Woolworths uh, in Sydney to catch up with uh, Black Caps bowling po- uh, coach uh, Shane Jurgensen. Uh, Shane, uh, can we have a price check on aisle three, please? Uh, what are they charging these days over in Australia for a pack of the Tim Tams? Oh, nothing's cheap in Australia. Come on, no, no, I, no, no. Tim Tam is not my thing, man. I'm an athlete. I'm having a coffee, <laughs> and I'm actually buying buying coffee pods to take home to my wife for her Nespresso machine. I'm being really honest there. So they're on, they're on, they're, they're well priced this morning. Oh, they are well priced. The Nespresso. I tell you what, Nespresso. If anybody from Nespresso is listening to this, Shane Jurgensen needs a hookup uh, and help us out. Be a, an unofficial part sponsor of the Black Caps Bowling Coach. Uh, we'll, we'll make it happen for you, Shane. Thank you. Yeah, right. Happy wife, happy life, mate. Fantastic. Thanks, mate. No worries, mate. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And anybody that's got coffee in them is always going to be happy. So that's good. Hey, uh, I just saw this um, this tweet that uh, uh, Shark Sadiq uh, sent out, and he's quoting Kevin Peterson. Kevin Peterson saying, I think the world of cricket wants to see Pakistan take on India in the final, but there's a very good chance it's going to be England-Pakistan. There's a team he's missing out of there, mate. Do you want to just print that off, pin it to the wall of the changing room? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all, uh, oh, thanks very much, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, it's going to be an exciting day, Pakistan, you know, such a dangerous team that can present so many different uh, opportunities and also um, challenges at the same time because, you know, there's such a, once they get confidence and they get on a streak, they're a really dangerous team to play against and, you know, that'll be our job tonight to try and nullify their impact on the game, hopefully. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I think, you know, most uh, cricket fans think of Pakistan or we think about their spin threat, which has traditionally been a real strength of their game. But what we've seen in this tournament really is their quicks have dominated uh, their bowling attack and have been the ones that have done the damage for them. Yeah, definitely a dangerous bowling attack. They've got all the options covered. And I think, um, you know, with spin and pace, um, 
yeah, dangerous team with the ball, and they've proven that last year they had a fantastic tournament and they made the semis and uh, were knocked out by Australia. And I think uh, in the semi finals, you remember, and, and also, you know, they're obviously back in the semis now. And, and, you know, we saw what they could do in the tri series when they played us. You know, with the, the final, they came back from probably, we were in a probably slightly stronger positioning going in the last six overs, and they had a good good partnership with their batting. So that's, that's the. That's the beauty of the Pakistan team. Anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got the wood on us a little bit traditionally. I mean, you know, we've talked, uh, we talked to Ken Rutherford yesterday about the 92 semi final. Uh, they knocked us out in the 99 uh, semi final, and obviously they had a pretty good try tournament down here as well. Is, uh, you, you got any clues to why they tend to go well against us? Oh, I think it's sort of each, each to their own. Each opportunity is present itself, and you, you, you play it on its merits. and you know, obviously, there's no one playing in this team back in 1992. So, so uh, you know, uh, no, I don't even think I would have been. So, if I was that age, so I was very young. But I think, um, you know, there's no doubt they're they're a really dangerous team. Um, T20 cricket, they've been fantastic at uh, well, all formats. And you know, knowing their coach, Sir Clay Mushtaq, who's very familiar to our team, you know, he's a fantastic man. He's done a great job for them ever since he's he's joined them and. You know, we know that they'll be, you know, guns are blazing tonight. And we, as I said before, you know, it's, it's our really good opportunity for us to also make our mark as a team and, and just see and adapt to the conditions and what they might look like tonight. Yeah, I mean, what do you think uh, you're going to get from Sydney uh, tonight? I mean, we know that the SCG uh, has that uh, traditionally takes a bit of spin, but I mean, you know, that tends to come from more from sort of day four or five uh, in a test match. Um, what do you think we're going to see from the SCG tonight? Yeah, well, I think the games here so far have been a little bit of everything. Um, if I was honest, like there's been some games that have been sort of high scoring, like our first game against Australia, we got we got 200, I think, and uh, from memory, and then other games has been scores sort of around 150 to 160. Um, so I think this game, looking at the pitch, you know, we'll plan around it being good pitch. It looks a good pitch, uh, and 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 I think. You know, that's, that's sort of what you want in a semi-final, a, a pitch that doesn't offer a ridiculous amount of turn or spin or, or pace or, you know, whatever that is for the bowlers. You want a pretty even game, and I think that will be uh, what will happen tonight. In terms of uh, our bowling attack, mate, which is very much, um, you know, your remit, uh, how have you been, how have you found the tournament and uh, how is everybody going form-wise at the moment for you? Yeah, it's been fantastic for us to obviously make the semi-finals again of a world tournament, and you know, really proud of the players the way that they've approached uh, this tournament. Um, you know, as a real uh, sharp and focused once we arrived in Australia, and I think that's carried all the way through. Um, I think our players, our bowlers, have improved. I feel like with every game, you know, East Sodies got better and better with every game, and, and Mitchell and our fast bowlers have adapted beautifully because all the pitches have been different, um, you know, right through the tournament. So that's definitely sort of what I've been pleased at is that we've made those changes that we've needed to and, and Kane's done a, a great job and it's been complimented well by the fielding. Uh, we might, might have had a couple of little hiccups against England, but I think overall our fielding to complement our bowling has been absolutely outstanding. It, we've tended to just play the four, uh, the, uh, just bowl the five bowlers as well. You know, we haven't. Uh, you know, we've got plenty of options in, in terms of bowling, but we seem to have just stuck to the to the five. Is that just a, a sign that the guys are all uh, performing their roles exactly how you need them to be done? 
I, I think that's definitely the case. And I think also in these type of tournaments, you've got to trust your bowling group. And, you know, that, that can be the difference in, in winning and losing. And I think Kane's done that. I also think we're, we're looking to try and be as aggressive as we can and take wickets. And I think um, on, on, on the, time, the games that we played, you know, the, the, the five bowlers and the bowl have been the ones that have been the most threatening at this stage. So you never know. Things might change tonight. There might be a call for, for something a little bit different. So, you know, the, but at this stage, yeah, the guys have done a great job. Yeah, I mean, the the the, uh, the names that sort of stand out to me that we maybe haven't seen, bowler uh, Jimmy Neesham and, and Daryl Mitchell. I mean, how does the bowling plan work, you know, uh, that you, you you talk to Kane and the bowling team about? I mean, you obviously have a plan A and it, all going well, this is what we do, but uh, when does he kick into plan B and what does plan B look like? You know, how does that work for you guys? Uh, I think it's purely based around conditions. So, you know, if the, the conditions suit, Maybe a, a Jimmy Neesham who's tall, hits the wicket hard, maybe gets bounced. Certainly, James will, come, James will come into it. And then with Darrell, he's, he's maybe not quite as quick as Niche, but he's certainly got some skill sets around his ability to bowl really good variations. So with Yorkers and Solibor. So I think it's just, it's just a, yeah, it's just whatever Kane feels like is the best option on that day. And with any other person too to mention as well has been working hard on his bowling. He's always pestering me to bowl. Is um, and complaining about the quality of the balls is Glenn Phillips. So uh, you know he's he's in the nets for hours. I think he's bowling more than he's batting these days. And uh, you know he's had a really great tournament so far. Yeah, I mean he he, he bowls offies, but he he bowls offies like a medium pacer would bowl offies, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's certainly been working on his game, and he's, he's he's improved so much over the last twelve months. And you know it's a credit to him. He's been working hard on it, and you know he, he's taken them a couple of wickets too in recent times in the winter tour so you know it, it, again if the conditions feel like you know that Kane needs that other spinning option that, that's the, the beauty of having those guys up, up our sleeve to be able to introduce in the bowling attack I was talking to Ken Rutherford, as I mentioned yesterday. He had just done a uh, a podcast with Nasser Hussein, who said that the player this tournament that has made his name known around the cricketing world is Glenn Phillips. Uh, that's that's not bad raps to have, is it? Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Like, just amazing. He's just such a, a down to earth young man. He, he just works really hard. He, he loves loves life and and obviously loves cricket and. Um, I think it's it's such a refreshing attitude and look on on life, not just cricket. And you know he's done a, a great job since coming into the team, and you know he's just going to keep getting better and better because he's got such a great attitude. He loves a push up or three too, doesn't he, Shane? <laughs> yeah, he does a lot more than me. <laughs> a lot. Even though you are an athlete, and and leave the Tim Tams alone, um, which we established yeah. earlier. Hey, uh, um, we talked about how the bowling lineup works. What about batting? We had the we, we sort of uh, took some calls in the in the first hour, and we, you know, sort of talked about um, the New Zealand batting lineup um, and how that works. And you know, a lot of people saying we need to be flexible so that you know, say if Devin Conway goes early, then Kane comes in for him. But if it's Finn Allen that goes early, then we need another hitter in there. And Glenn Phillips is that how it works? Is that the conversation that um, that Gary and and, and Kane have had with the team? Uh, I think um, what Gary and Kane talk about, I think, is more about sort of an overall team process. Um, guys have got roles and I think it's important to remember that like sometimes 
the way that we played as a, a cricket team, we don't always play it the way maybe, or we don't, other teams play it. And that's the beauty of cricket is some teams will bat that way, other teams might be more of aggressive approach. We, we might have aggressive approaches, but also have guys that can consolidate the innings when we really need to, and then we can maybe push on at the end when we've got wickets in hand. And I think um, that's definitely one of our strengths as a team because every wicket, um, you don't turn up and every wicket's the same and you've got to you know, adapt accordingly. And I think that's probably the more important thing is that you know, as a team, we, we need to adapt to conditions and, and have create those partnerships and put pressure on the opposition. And, and, and as I said, sometimes that may not come through fours and sixes. It's also maybe us running between the wickets and that's what's you know, fantastic about someone like Glenn Phillips is not only has he got the power to clear the fence uh, that we saw in his 100 that he got against Sri Lanka, but he can also run extremely fast uh, and run twos, sometimes threes, and maybe other teams don't have that ability. So uh, that's, that's, I think, the flexibility that we, we're sort of after. Yeah, I mean, that, that flexibility, I think, uh, can only be a strength as well, especially if it keeps the opposition guessing because they don't know what's coming either, right? Oh, exactly. And I think, um, you know, we've done that so far this tournament and, and, and fingers crossed we can keep doing that tonight. And, you know, all we can do is have a fantastic preparation. And it's been great the last few days to, to sort of have those extra day or two off, you know, once we qualified um, and we're waiting for other games to finish before we knew where we are going. We are sort of on standby to stay in Adelaide. Um or, or and then and and all, and also come to Sydney, so we're just waiting. So it was a good opportunity for the guys to sort of uh, get a bit of recovery in and and, and have some rest and uh, for the, the challenge of tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd rather play Sydney than Adelaide, wouldn't you? I heard that they uh, they're using the same pitch, so it's a bit of a worn pitch. It, it looked a bit hard to get away uh, in that in that triple header they had. So I, I'd say that sort of puts India in the box seat against England, doesn't it? Playing on that. Yeah, I think that yeah, they've trained a, they've shot and changed the pitches in on a few occasions. So I think coming into the tournament, you know, we knew it was the early part of the season of the Australian of the Australian season. So therefore, they're not going to have a whole pile of wickets available because they've got their whole summer ahead as well. So you try to get as much intel as you can, um, trying to find out, you know, what wickets um, will we will we be using, and we sort of highlighted that we could be potentially playing at the back end of one double header and also um, being included in two other double headers. So I think for us, um, you know, what, but it sort of also does change. So our pitch that we got told that we're going to play on against Sri Lanka was actually changed also at the last sort of uh, when we turned up to Sydney, Sydney career ground. So I think, um, you know, they may change that pitch again down there for that game. So I think, uh, you know, that, that'll be another good uh, classic you know, final between two good teams and, and that's what you want when you come to these tournaments is, you know, some really good, uh, you know, good, good hard-fought battles and it's no doubt going to be a very entertaining game, that one. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to both. Best of luck to you and the team tonight, mate. Uh, hopefully we're talking again ahead of a final against uh, either India or England in the near future, eh? Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Really looking forward to tonight. And, you know, we've had some great support back home, so we, we can't thank everyone enough and, you know, hopefully we can, you know, keep, keep it 
going for one more and, and get down to Melbourne for the final. Thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. There you go, Shane Jurgensen, brought to us by Nespresso Pods uh, out of Woolworths in Australia and the Black Caps underway tonight. You get full coverage of that right here on SENZ with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott from 8.30. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Ten twenty-two here on SENZ mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for him and in on the panel two proud Cantabrians, Andrew Gordy, Guy Havelt, gentlemen. Good morning. G'day, Ricardo. Morning, mate. Hey, uh, now uh, we'll get to Cup Week, boys. Don't worry. Hold your horses. As excuse the intended pun there. Hold your horses. We will get to Cup Week, but we've got a few other things to talk first. Uh, let's start with the big game tonight, the semi-final of the Cricket World Cup, the T Twenty Cricket World Cup. It is Pakistan. I've got memories of 92. You guys might be a bit young for that. I've got memories of 99. We had that tri-series recently. They do seem to have historically the wood on us at this time of the tournament. Andrew Gordy, let's start with you. How nervous are you? Not at all. I'm not nervous at all. And look, I mean, look, I, I am old enough to remember 92, but just, I should I should clarify, I'm just old enough to remember 92. But, mate, that was 30 years ago. It means absolutely nothing tonight. And I'd, I'd argue that... Um, well, the, the most relevant point here is like, look, let, let's be clear. Pakistan are a dangerous team. They are always a dangerous team. They always have players who have the ability to single-handedly win a game with um, an innings of, of brilliance, for example. But let's not ignore the fact that this New Zealand team, they are no longer underdogs in any way, shape or form when it comes to tournament uh, cricket. They have proven for a very consistent period now, whether it's T20 or one-day cricket or obviously Test cricket, they're the current world champions. We're in a golden generation here. And I don't think they need to be fearful of anyone. They proved that in the tournament opener against the host by smashing them effectively out of the tournament. Um, So all this talk that we should be fearing Pakistan because they've proven it at at various times, you know, when we face them in knockout stages, yes, they, they can be a dangerous team. But we are undoubtedly the favourites going into this. And I think we need to change our mentality around this team. Like, expect more of this team. I fully expect them to beat Pakistan and and advance to another final. Guy, uh, your take on this? I mean, it's all well and good, uh, you know, highlighting that we beat some also-rans in Australia. But, uh, you know, how are we going to go in the semi-final tonight? How are you feeling? Well, what Andrew just says then, in terms of the golden generation, is why I am nervous about this. Because as it stands at the moment... Uh, this Black Caps team has a World Test Championship to its name, but it has also two ODI World Cup finals where they've lost and a T20 World Cup final, which they've lost as well. And if they lose again, this time in the semifinals or in the final, uh, if they do indeed make it that far, I feel like those are wasted opportunities and perhaps the greatest generation of cricketers we've had. So that's why I'm nervous. Um, I really, really hope the Black Caps can get a limited overs World Cup to their name. I think absolutely they are good enough. And as as Andrew says, I think they are the favourites. I think they, um, to me, they're they're arguably, alongside India, the favourites for this whole tournament. Um, They have played some superb cricket. They weren't great against England, granted. Um, I don't think a few things went their way that night. I don't think they got a few things right. But overall, they played very well this tournament. Um, And and as I say, I I do think they are are the favourites tonight. And they're the favourites, in my mind anyway, alongside India to win the whole thing. What I think plays into their hands tonight is it's in Sydney. That takes away uh, a little bit of the effect of Shaheen Shah Afridi 
which I think is quite significant in this game. It obviously brings Shadab Khan into it a little bit more, which is uh, of slight concern. Um, but I think with, with a little bit of a slower pitch in Sydney, the, the, the Black Caps, it probably suits them a little bit more. Now, I've not always been a fan of T20 cricket. In fact, it's probably my third favourite format of the game, it's got to be said. But it feels like that this World Cup has uh, really stepped up T20 cricket. It's been fantastic. It's had upsets. It's, all the games have been close. There have been very few uh, walkovers. And I, wrote an ex, uh, I read an ex, uh, exceptional piece of writing uh, the other day from a 1G Havelt on, on TV1 saying that this could be uh, the final nail in the coffin of ODI World Cups or ODIs in general. What do you, what do you think of that, Andrew? Well, if G have outrunned it, it must be true. Um, um, <laughs> look, the, the thing about T20 cricket, and I, and I understand where you're coming from, Ricardo, like it, it, for a lot of people it is their, their least favoured format, um, especially anyone who's a long-time follower of the game. Personally, I, I've really learned to appreciate all three um, for, for what they are. And, and I still really love one-day cricket because I, I particularly enjoy, <laughs> weirdly, that middle stage of the innings. Um, which most people probably find boring. Um, but I really feel like that's often where games are won and lost in that, in that middle period. Whereas T20 cricket, I think the one thing you have to acknowledge by, on the part of the players in particular, but also the coaching, um, I really feel like the tactics in T20 cricket have just have really advanced the game and, in fact, done all formats of the game a massive favour. Um, it's not the... It's so far gone past the hit and giggle that it was in the early stages of T20 cricket. It's, it's very tactical. Um, you see that in team selections with bowling changes, with how bowlers approach, approach um, individual batsmen um, and individual moments. So it's, it's really um, it's narrowed the focus, and, and, and each delivery is almost like a game in itself um, with T20 cricket. So I think... I can certainly appreciate T20 cricket a lot more than perhaps I used to. But to me, I'd be really sad if T20 cricket completely overtook or wiped out one-day cricket. I still very much feel like there's a place um, in the world of cricket for for the 50-over format. And I really think it's up to the ICC, but also member nations, to protect one-day cricket, just as there was a big move to protect test cricket. I, I really do think that there has to be um, an effort to, to have a place for all three formats in the game. Guy, you wrote that piece, and you know it got a bit of comment on on social media as well. I saw a few people tweeting about it. There was one guy, uh, Ben, I believe his name was, who then came up with another suggestion, which I quite liked, which is go all World Series on it from the semi-finals, make it best of three, make the final best of five, maybe something along those lines. Play all those games back to back to back. Uh, what do you reckon? We bring the, bring back the old World Series days for when it comes to the sudden death part of the tournament. Look, I just have to preface um, what I'm about to say by saying T20 is probably the lowest in terms of the formats that I like as well. Um, I prefer ODI cricket. I just feel like there is a bit of a shift in the tide in in terms of uh, what is taking over. In terms of what Ben said, uh, I had never thought of that before, uh, and I thought it was a superb suggestion. I absolutely loved it. There is no reason um, in the international calendar and in terms of the rigours of T20 cricket why these teams can't play three days in a row. Um, you could have a, a, a tri, well, not a tri-series, sorry, a, a, a um, three-game series, essentially, between the two finalists to find the winner, and you could play it in three days and it would be done. I don't see why. I reckon that would add 
something more to a World Cup, to a T20 World Cup, I think it would absolutely find the best team in T20 cricket. Um, I think there's still that element of, which is a side that I like, an, an element of um, surprise a little bit in T20 cricket. I think it brings those member nations a little bit closer. Uh, sorry, those associate nations, if we can call them that, a little bit closer to, say, the member nations um, and that sort of thing. But if it came down to a final, I would love to see it over three matches to truly decide who is the best T20 side in the world. So, yeah, I, I saw that. And I thought it was fantastic. And as I say, I do not know why you couldn't just do it three days in a row, get it over and done with nice and quickly, and, and um, but still have a bit of a contest. I feel another article coming on, Andrew. Uh, we'll, we'll have to stay uh, stay tuned to the Guy Havelt channel for that one. Uh, gentlemen, yeah, we'll be back with the panel after the latest in news and sport with Aroha Hathaway. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Twenty-seven away from eleven on the panel. Andrew Gordy, a guy Havelt. Uh, Gordy, we've got the Black Ferns Rugby World Cup final up against the Poms at Eden Park. They found some extra space to sell some extra tickets yesterday. Those have all gone as well. Going to be a full house. Are you getting along? Uh, I'm not actually getting along. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, but um, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be fantastic, isn't it? And. My, the only thing I was thinking about this, and, and my message to everyone, I suppose, who, who has been fortunate enough to get a ticket to get along to this game, keep this energy. Remember this. Because we can't let this go to waste. And New Zealanders are terrible at this. They are terrible at jumping on the bandwagon and going, oh, we've got a chance to win a World Cup. I want to say that I, I was there. But then forget about it when, in a year's time, the Black Ferns are at home playing a test on home soil, and it doesn't matter. These these women have been extraordinary over the last month or so. Um, they have they have really turned around their form, and, and I and I think that was you know encapsulated in that semi final win over France, a team that that had beaten them four times in a row. They got thrashed on both occasions uh, on the Northern Tour last year. To turn that around, to put in that performance a gutsy win, a memorable win for every fan, I'm sure, who was there that night. Just remember that, because they deserve to have your support the next time they're playing on home soil. Um, it would be really disappointing, I think, to see, regardless of whatever the result is uh, this coming Saturday night, whether they win or lose, I think it would be extremely disappointing if in a year's time, let's say, when the Black Ferns are at home playing, playing another test match that we don't see that support continue because there has to be a legacy for this, right? There has to be a knock-on effect, some kind of positive effect from hosting a World Cup. It's got to do something for for the women's game here and for the long-term support of the Blackburn. So, yeah, again, I would just urge everyone who's heading along on Saturday night and everyone who has been along to watch the Blackburns at this tournament, keep up that energy. Make sure that when they're playing again on home soil, you remember what this was like and get along and support them again. I had Nick Sautner on yesterday for the CEO of Eden Park. He said they've already been talking to the rugby union uh, about uh, maybe because, of course, they can't have the All Blacks at Eden Park next season with the FIFA World Cup, but maybe finding a window for the Black Ferns to uh, play England again uh, in a standalone test at Eden Park next season. So, I mean, they are seeing the value in it. Eden Park, and, of course, that is all uh, driven financially, Guy, which is, you got to say, is good signs for the Black Ferns going forward. It absolutely is, uh, and I've pondered this a little bit throughout this World Cup. If you go back and, and watch women's rugby 10, 12, whatever years ago, 
it is quite astounding how far the game has come in terms of skill, in terms of ability, in terms of the pace of it, um, the physicality. It's, it's unbelievable. It is now, and it's not to say it wasn't before, but right now it is a superb brand of rugby to watch. And on top of that, the Black Ferns are just a great team to follow, aren't they? They are just a very enjoyable, likeable, um, uh, respectful bunch of people that they, they kind of... They understand that they have to be the people who sell their game. Yeah, we in the media can help them a little bit in that regard, but they have to be the bubbly, um, you know, the, the, the people who can bring us the quotes that then we put on radio, TV, whatever it might be, to get those people along. They are doing a great job of selling themselves. Uh, I, I actually think most teams in this tournament have been fantastic uh, and pretty easy to deal with, and they know the game. They know that this is their opportunity to get it in front of a lot of people. I also don't have a ticket this weekend. And a large part of that was because I thought later in the week, maybe if tickets, if there were if there were tickets available and it hadn't sold out, then maybe I would get one. But I actually thought, do you know what? This is an opportunity for, for young women to be able to get along and be inspired by the Black Ferns and be inspired in some part as well, probably, by the England team. Get their chance to watch um, people of, of their gender, um, you know, showcase their talents on the world stage. And... and I think this final will be a cracker. Uh, that semi-final against France was was uh, you know nail-biting, edgy as seats, um, you know nightmarish type stuff for New Zealand rugby fans. Particularly when you kind of compare it to to France in 2011, it was almost the same sort of thing. Fortunately, the Black Ferns got through this one. It's going to be tough again against England, and they're going to need all the support they can get. I'm glad it's a full house. I uh, can't wait to see it. I couldn't tell you right now who's going to win. I think England are probably slight favourites, but the way this Black Ferns team have performed and the way that they've improved, uh, even in the space of six to 12 months, has been superb. Uh, it'll be a cracker. I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be massive. And I, you know, I think that crowd size too, I don't know how often their Poms have played in front of 40,000 uh, that don't want them to win. That might be uh, a factor. We'll have to wait and see. i tell you, the other thing, Andrew, is uh, not too far away, you know, we've gone T20, uh, we've gone Women's Cricket World Cup, then we've gone the Women's Rugby World Cup. Well, we've got the FIFA Women's uh, Football World Cup here uh, and Australia next year. You reckon, I, mean, I think that's going to be another step up again. I mean, we've already seen uh, tickets sell out for some of those big games within half an hour of them going on sale. Is New Zealand ready for a scale of this tournament compared to, say, these, these cricket and rugby uh, tournaments? Oh, yeah. Are, are we ready? I'm not sure. But what what is unequivocal is that this this tournament, this FIFA Women's World Cup, is a massive step up from the two World Cups or the one we're experiencing at the moment and, and the ICC Women's World Cup. Uh, this this is going to be on on a whole nother level. And I again, I just hope Kiwis embrace it. Um, you know, and and unlike this tournament, right, where where the Black Ferns are obviously they're one of the best teams in the world and they are quite rightly into a World Cup final. We probably can't expect that the football ferns are going to, to reach those heights. I mean, gee, it would be, it would be wonderful um, if they got a, got a couple of wins, I think, and, and managed to get out of their group. I think you have to consider that success based on their previous records um, at a FIFA Women's World Cup. But there are going to be some world-class players um, playing here in New Zealand and and I hope that New Zealanders, even if the football firms don't advance in the tournament, that they stay invested in the tournament because you're going to be treated to some fantastic football. And that really happens on our shores. Um, so, again, it's another fantastic opportunity to see world-class athletes 
um, uh, competing on the world stage. It's such a rare opportunity. That's yeah. Um, I, I hope that Kiwis embrace it, even if our own team don't advance to the latter stages of the tournament. Because yeah, it's, it's going to be brilliant. And and look, are we ready? I don't know that we fully appreciate just how how big this tournament is and will be, but um, yeah, we'll certainly know uh, when those teams start arriving, that's for sure. Yeah, we will, and of course the US team here in January for uh, for a camp and a couple of games as well, that'll give us a taste I believe of what that's going to look like. Hey Guy, uh, it is Cup Week, I mentioned that at the top, uh, copy that, one the uh, uh, the New Zealand Cup yesterday, two years running, they've won, uh, the copy that's won that now. Uh, what's big for you the rest of Cup Week? I'll leave it with you, Ricardo. Um, I love Cup Week, but this this year, with so much going on in the sporting world, I've obviously had my eyes heavily on um, on the Cricket World Cup. I haven't I haven't taken a large look at what's going on in Cup Week this year. Obviously, Copy That in the in the, in the Trotting Cup yesterday, I, I, I was delighted to see Copy That go back to back and and really dominate that Cup yesterday. That that was. An absolute clinic from start to finish from from Blair Orange and from the horse as well. Uh, in terms of the rest of the week, though, I've, I've got to be honest, mate. I haven't I haven't paid huge attention to it, so I probably couldn't sit here and tell you um, too much about what I'm looking forward to. But in saying that, if it's another beautiful day like it was yesterday at Addington, if it's that if it's that again on Saturday, uh, I, I just one thing I do want is a big crowd to turn up to Rickerton. They were obviously robbed of that a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, I would like to see them get a big crowd along, and I'd like to see it be a good New Zealand Cup. Um, it's kind of a, a thoroughbred race that gets a little bit forgotten these days, um, and I would like to get it back to the heights, or I'd like to see it go back to the heights of, of what it was and the prestige around it. There is still some prestige, um, but I think it's a Group 3 now, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'd like to see it return to the lofty heights that it once was. Um, whether it happens or not, I don't know. Uh, but I think it deserves to go back to those sort of heights. Uh, what, what about you, Andrew? I, I, no doubt you have uh, great memories of, of, of Cup Week, and you know, there's probably certain weeks, uh, Cup Weeks, that you don't remember at all if you've done it right. Um, yeah. what, what, what are, how, how's the rest of the week shaping up for you? Well, fellas, I, I, all I'll say is that at 14 minutes past five today, the Coopland's Bakery's Mile, make sure you're tuning in because the boys here paid Hunters Club have got 60 grand on He's a Doozy. Cosi uh, Asano rides for Lisa Latter. And I tell you what, if that thing wins, I reckon it might register on the Richter scale uh, here in New Zealand. And when Matty Cross tells everyone that the boys got paid again, uh, that is going to be a moment to savour in racing history, I would have thought. So, Havel, you'll have to have, um, have to have $5 on that, mate. Um, and same with you, Ricardo. <laughs> All right. I'll get a month. I'm, I'm in the punches club. Don't worry, mate. I'm, I'm invested in the punches yeah, club. Yeah, good, good to go. go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good stuff, gentlemen. Thanks very much for being on the panel today. Go well, and uh, good luck for quarter past five, Andrew. We'll be on. We'll be on. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Thanks, Ricardo. Good Cheers, guy. That has been the panel. We'll be back with more after this. 12 away from 11 here on SENZ uh, Mornings with Ian Smith We're going to catch up with Louis Herman Watt and Paul Mawadi before 11 o'clock uh, A couple of texts have come through though on the Temper Bedpost text machine uh, Craig from the Bay is uh, letting us know he's followed in on uh, our multi this morning that was returning 1766 he's put his $50 on it uh, that he had as a bonus bet returning 833.22, good luck mate uh, I think we need 190 to be safe in the cricket Ricardo that is one text that's come through 
Graham said he wants to see one or both of our openers win a game for us. It's about time that that happened. Um, Matt has said he doesn't agree with the theory that chasing is easier. The old adage of runs on the board is more relevant in T20 than any other format. It's even further enhanced by our world-class bowling lineup. Bat first, get 200 or get 120. We're always in the fight with the ball. Cheers, Matt from Blenheim. Thanks very much for your text. I got a couple of tips come through as well from Paul. At Addington today, he's saying race two, number three, deploy, and race four, number three, buff the buffer. That's what you need to get on. And uh, if you are looking for a bet on the cricket this weekend, well, how's this from Kurt? Uh, this weekend, I mean tonight. Uh, possible bet, power play on the cricket tonight. Conway, 25-plus runs, and bolt one wicket at $3.50. That looks like a pretty damn good option to me. It is 10 away from 11. Loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Yeah, it's coming up five away from 11. Louis Herman Watt joins us for the Love Racing update. And Louis, I was just talking to Guy Havelt uh, uh, and Andrew Gordy on the panel, and uh, they said that uh, the there's a certain collective of punders who have got 60K on who he's a doozy today. Are you part of that? <laughs> the BGB lads have absolutely smoked him, haven't they? They haven't missed him. Um, oh, you know what? He's a doozy. Is a hundred percent like, well, he's deserved the top pick, I think. But he's not any good thing in this race. Like, don't let the the amount of money they'll put sway you and say that that's how confident the world is that this horse is going to win. I don't think it's a bad bet by any means. Not at all. I think it's a fair bit. I think good on the lads for absolutely opening the shoulders and unshackling. I had Marcus Aurelius probably slightly on top. I actually think Marcus Aurelius' run last start against Jesus was awesome and he won this race last year. Um, he gave him weight last start and he's a doozy saved a lot of ground. But anyway, I don't know. It's a tough race. Um, it's a tough card to be honest. There are a couple of bits throughout though. Sky on five, Tiako and, and race five. I think short, but should be winning. Um, I, I think that's a, a pretty decent bet, but I just play cautiously. Rick, I'm just in the farmers, just buying some socks oh, and yeah. a hat because it's sunny. Yeah. Important to have socks and a hat, mate. Yeah. 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 On days like today, I just, you know what? I, I left the studio and I went, oh, man, this is blinding. I'm going to need to get a hat. So I've gone and got myself kind of like what would be in between a pet, like a but I guess one of those hats, like Panama hats, and oh, like yeah. a fedora. I kind of like a bit, it's like a bit of white straw. And then I've got these socks, they're pineapples. Yeah. There's pineapples. Oh, yeah. So, look, if you see me at the track at Rickerton, just feel free to give me a compliment about the new hat. That would be good tomorrow. <laughs> give, give Louis Lid a compliment if you see him at Rickerton today, mate. Is there anything else that you like before we let you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on. I just need to bring up, I'm just bringing a speed phone. I'm just going to go. Into TAB app because I don't want to get the race number wrong. Mm. I am pretty confident it is race two, but uh, accuracy is paramount, as we know. Rick Dog, race two. Yeah, here we are. Down. Goldie's chance for Ross Beckett. Absolutely donkey licks from last start. And I actually thought that I'd be back and deploy in this race, but the more I looked at it, the more I went, oh my God. Goldie's chance. Barrier one, it's going to jump at 8 to 1400 up last time. And it looked like it won for fun of its test, and it's still got more in the locker. I'm a little bit suspect on deploy at distance, but it's a good horse, and it's got the best jockey on in Michael McNabb. But right now, 
I'm happy to play around Goldie's chance at four dollars fifty at dollar seventy five. That's in race two, which is a bonus back race, by the way. Tmb.co.nz R18. Naturally, we gamble responsibly, but it is a bonus back race. So if you have your fifty dollars spend and it runs second, third, fourth, or fifth. You get it back in a bonus bet. Right, which you, you can't sniff at that, mate. I, can, I sniff at Quinella coming just quietly. Well, actually, that's what Baz said as well. But if you do take a Quinella, I mean, I don't want to get greedy, but you wouldn't want to leave out Express Coot as well down the bottom for the Pittmans because that thing absolutely did set flu last start. Good stuff, Louis. Go well, mate. Uh, uh, enjoy your new lid and enjoy the day. Yes, compliments on the hat, please. Compliments on the hat for Louis. I know Paul Mawadi would be giving you compliments on the hat if he was in Christchurch today, but Paulie, I believe you're uh, still in Petone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just keeping an eye on things here, Ricardo, and I'm having a look at the Copeland's Bakeries Mall, the Group 3 Copeland's Bakeries Mall, which is race nine at Rickerton today, starting at 5.14. And you probably already know we've been absolutely smashed on number eight. He's a doozy. $60,000 placed by the Boys Get Paid Syndicate on He's a Doozy at $5.50. That's now into $3.60. And they're not the only ones who jumped on. Also had a $3,000 bet at four twenty dollars and a $2,000 bet at the same price. Uh, so punters uh, following the Boys Get Paid uh, in on the favourite in the uh, Copeland's Bakery's Mile. He's a doozy, now into $3.60. Sounds like half of New Zealand are jumping on. He's a doozy. So uh, that'll be a very interesting uh, race to watch later on this afternoon, due to start 5.14. I've also had a look at the uh, big semi-final in the T20 tonight. Uh, New Zealand, Pakistan, Black Caps $1.73 at the moment, Ricardo. Uh, the Pakistanis $2.03. Uh, look, we have taken a bit of money on the Black Caps, but the Pakistanis aren't friendless. There have been a few bets placed on them. Uh, and, of course, there's a boosted market on Glenn Phillips to be the top New Zealand run scorer. Uh, you can get him boosted to $6.50. I know you've found that, uh, Ricardo. In the actual top New Zealand run scorer book, though, the best back player, Kane Williamson, currently $4.50. Good stuff, Paulie. Thanks very much. Me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Cause it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. This is SENZ. It is mornings with Ian Smith. No Smithy, of course, he is at the T20 Cricket World Cup over in Australia, which is where our next guest is getting ready to go. There is a bat and ball involved, slightly different, though. It is baseball rather than cricket. Talking about Frank Fister, he is the new third base coach, mental skills coach for the Auckland Tuatara. G'day, Frank. How are you? I'm doing well, Ricardo. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, man. Good, good. How how are you settling into New Zealand and how long have you been here? Um, I've only been here three or four days and and it's already been a very powerful experience for me i've really enjoyed it i've always wanted to to make my way down here and um it's been very special so far yeah, and they don't let they don't let you settle though do they because uh, today you jump on a plane and you go to brisbane and you and, and you're already getting the season underway it's uh it, it feels like i don't know putting the roster together bringing all the pieces together it's happened in a very short time yeah i'll tell you there's it's it's pretty amazing what um, 
what a lot of people can do when they when they're on the same page, pulling in the same direction. Um, the the organization of the Tuatera have been incredible so far and, and very welcoming and um, really setting an environment for a lot of young players to come in and get to know each other quickly and um, for this coaching staff to, to get settled. And um, again, yeah, the organization has been incredible. The The country has been incredible and it's really been a pretty easy environment for, for these, you know, for all of us to kind of come together and, the players have been spectacular and really been the anchor of all of it because they're, they seem very excited and really get along with each other. Well, and um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting to see how this pans out, but it's been wonderful so far. How did you land at the Tuatara? How does a kid from, I, I believe from LA drafted to the Cincinnati Reds end up as a baseball coach in Auckland, New Zealand? Yeah. I, you know, I don't really know exactly, but I know some parts. So, um, one of the one of the coaches on staff, Darren Bragg, was uh, he coached me when I was playing with the Reds in the minor leagues, and I got to coach with him um, after my playing time was done. And so we've known each other for over a decade, and he's he's one of my favorite humans, and um, has been a very important teacher and mentor to me, and um, and is a, a very close friend. So. He was a big part of it. He, he came out here, and I, I think he joined Tuatera a, a few years ago. Um, and so he he was a big part in that. Um, I know, uh, yeah, Regan Regan had reached out to me a little bit, and I think he had maybe you know you'd have to ask ask him a little bit more about how I got out here. But um, he had reached out, and we had a great conversation a few months ago, and he told me a little bit about what they were trying to do and and what they've been putting together and what's been growing out here. And it sounded very exciting to me. And it was one of those things that it just, it, it, with my timing, it fit well. And, um, it, it sounded like something very exciting and, and special to get to be a part of. And so, um, the opportunity to, to be a small part in this, in this growth of, of a sport in a, in a country that I had never been to and, and that I've always been drawn to, um, seemed really special. And then, one other little bit part of it, um, one of my close friends who I played with with the Reds um, is now has been in has been involved in this league for uh, again decades. Uh, Donald Lutz, he plays with the Brisbane Bandits, and um, he's one of my closest friends and one of the most uh, incredible people I've ever come across. And he, um, actually, my first time down in the Southern Hemisphere was visiting him a few a few um, like a month or so ago and uh, getting a sense for Australia. So I know that he's, he's had a big impact on the league and on, on the people that he comes across. And um, he's spoken so highly of, of the league and of the teams involved and also of, of this organization. He, he was very respectful and, and spoke very highly of how this organization was, was doing its thing. And so kind of all, all those sort of blended together and, um, you know, uh, Mincy, the, the manager was, you know, we, we got to speak a little bit before he was in the middle of his season in the States and, uh, you know, had, had, had the, had the patience and, and decided to, to trust and that, you know, that I might be able to come over and help. So it's, um, it's been really special so far and I'm excited to be here. Wow, so you actually had a, a, a quite an in-depth knowledge, I, I would imagine, of of the ABL before you you took the opportunity. Given what you talked about with, with Donald Lutz, um, what sort of visibility uh, or awareness is there of the ABL 
in the US, uh, I, I guess maybe among minor leaguers a bit more? Yeah, I, I knew about it again. Lutzi and I played together our first each of our first years in professional baseball. And um, another one of our close friends, Didi Gregorius, was out here too, I think, when he was he was younger. And so I had always had a little beat on it because they, they got to play here early and they'd come back and, and tell little little stories about their experiences. Um, I know also, you know, I had a bunch of teammates from Australia as I played through the minor leagues. And then when I was coaching, um, our organization had, had a number of Australian players. So it was, it was, it's always exciting to see the different ways that the game can touch people, uh, from around the world and different cultures and different, um, backgrounds and different ways of expressing this, this odd game. You know, as as big as it is in the states, it's cool to see um, how it's expressed, how it's growing, the different stages that it might be in in different parts of the world. And so, I think within at least within minor league baseball, I knew about it for for a long time, and I do believe you know, I, I believe it's pretty well known within the baseball world um, and well respected. I, I think um, they've done some amazing things, and the more that I'm learning about the story. Of, of a little more details of how things have grown, it's it's really impressive, and I I hope it can continue to grow because I think um, we have a pretty special game that we're we're trying to share and spread, and um, I also think that the more countries and the more areas that can allow for their their natural cultural expression of our sport, um, the better. Um, it's it's definitely at its best can be quite a uniter, and I think that's very important. So it couldn't be any better for you, really, could it? I mean, first series up is against your old mate Donald Lutz and his Brisbane Bandits. Uh, as a mental mm-hmm. mental skills coach, uh, how how much have you prepared the team with sledges for Lutz um, so that they can get under his skin when he's out there on the uh, you know on the diamond? <laughs> there's not there's not much uh, there's not much to do to stop that man. He's uh, when he has a bat in his hand, he's a dangerous dangerous player to play against and. He's also one of the greatest teammates I ever had. So, um, honestly, you know, I, I think uh, I think our guys are, are are competitors, and it's one of those things where when when they get on the field, they're gonna they figure out the, the best way to um, kind of minimize the damage. And um, I'm excited to see how it goes. He's quite a hitter, and we got really special special pitchers on our squad, and and our defense and our team are are, are doing their thing. And I know our, our pitching coach. Um, you know, Robbie. Robbie's going to know how to attack these guys, and we're going to be prepared to to compete. And that's kind of the that's kind of the best parts of the game. Even you know, we're we're closest friends off the field, and then once that scoreboard goes on, and once the game starts, um, you know, you, you play to play to win. You put your best product out there, and so it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Looking at your uh, job description, third base coach, mental skills coach. Let, let's start with the first part of that. Um, you know, pretend this is baseball for dummies. What is a baseball? Uh, what does a third base coach do? What's your role? Uh, you know, other than stand out there and try to look good, um, <laughs> which you've already nailed, obviously. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll let the let the fans decide that. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm excited about it. I I have I have a little bit of experience coaching third um, and it's, it's basically you're giving signs to the hitters. So the hitters, you know, your, your offense. So whether it's hitters, base runners, whoever's involved in the offense at that time in the context of the game, um, 
the third base coach is going to be giving signs to communicate with with our offense to see sort of what we're doing. And a lot of that's going to come from, from our manager, from Mincy, um, in terms of the tactics. And so, you know, giving signs, making sure we're all on the same page, a lot of it is reminders. Um, these guys are professional baseball players, and they, they know the game really well. And they're the ones that are out there doing it. And so, um, really, it's, it's a bit of a communication role to, to make sure people are on the same page. Um, a lot of it, you know, when the action happens, when the game, you know, you give the sign sort of before, so we're all on the same page, and then, then it's up to the players and the, and the hitter to, to sort of dance with the pitcher and, uh, and, and try to put the ball in play. And once the ball's in play, the players are going to do their best job to, to stay in tune with the game and to, to be aware of where the ball is and aware of where the defense is. Um, a lot of that's the preparation part. But then another big role uh, of the third base coach is to try to have eyes on the whole play. And if I can have, if I can put myself, the, the, the goal is to put myself in the best position to be able to see the whole play develop and just try to give, give a perspective of where the ball is and how the play is developing for the base runners so that they can make the, the best decisions that they can possibly make. And a lot of it's going to rely on the players and their awareness of the game and what's happening. But sometimes the ball's behind them and they don't know where it's coming. And so I'm going to do my best to make, uh, to make good decisions um, to help put our guys in, in the best positions that they can to let their, their speed and their, their awareness take over and try to score as many runs as we can. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of it to kind of break it down a little bit, you know, try to make it thinner um, than all those words I just tried to use. A lot of it is it's communication, trying to get guys on the same page, making sure we're aware of, of what we're trying to do in, in each play. Um, and then trying to give give a perspective to help the base runners be able to make smooth and, and, and informed decisions on what they got to do. And a lot of it, again, is, is just reminders of where we are, reminders of the situation and reminders of what we want to try to do. So. Well, given, you know, you mentioned there the, um, you know, sort of making sure you're all on the same page, there, are, there will be, a, I guess, uh, the challenge of the language barrier. I mean, you've got a spread of guys from Japan, Taiwan, the US, New Zealand as well. I'd imagine that, that means different styles of play, depending, you know, culturally Japan might approach games differently to players out of the US. Uh, how do you how do you overcome that? Yeah, I... I... It's a really cool observation, and um, but I wouldn't say that we got to overcome it. I actually think that's it's one of the most beautiful parts of the game. It's it's the game becomes our anchor. It becomes kind of like it's like our trunk of, of a tree, where you got all these different branches, um, you know, from different different areas, growing in different directions and having different styles, different ways of viewing the game, different ways of expressing the game, and then we basically we get to come together and blend and, and harmonize. Um, that's, you know, my, one of the big lenses that I've been fortunate enough to, to kind of view the game through is like the game's very musical as I've seen it. And, um, so you get different cultures and they got, they, you know, we all got kind of different instruments, different styles of play, but we're kind of trying to come together anchored by this game to harmonize and, um, and have a nice flow as we go. So, you know, the language barrier is actually really fun because a lot of guys already, and, and it's been amazing to watch our players already connect this quickly. And again, a testament to the organization in terms of bringing these type of players in and to the players themselves 
and and honestly having situations where they can get together, learn each other's language, learn how to say different different things using different sounds and different words. Um, it ends up giving us a much more complete picture of living, and uh, and it's it's really exciting. It's it's pretty cool, um, and it gives us a lot of versatility in terms of how we can view the game, how we view each other, and uh, and how we kind of can can dance through life. So. I, it's it, that's actually my favorite part and what I'm most excited about is continuing to try to learn learn little bits of language you know from like you said I mean I, you know including um, you know Maori and, and, and Japanese and, and Mandarin I mean that we got a lot of different languages and then honestly what's so fun to me is American English is different than than New Zealand English is different than Australian English you know is different than um, Great Britain English like we got we're, we're always kind of translating. And I think that the language barrier is less of a barrier and more of kind of like a, a reminder to listen at its best. And if we can, you know, if we can listen well, you know, that, that bodes well for us um, on and off the field. Cause uh, yeah, I think that's, that's an important thing too. So. Yeah. So, and, and mental skills is the other side of your job. Uh, you were mental skills coach at the Cincinnati Reds for, for around five seasons. We see mental skills coaches in all sports, but how specific to baseball is your role with mental skills or are these mental skills that you would teach the athletes, work with them on quite transferable across sports? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it's, it's something that I'm, I've been exploring a lot for myself. Um, I've, I've done, I've, I've gotten the opportunity to do some work with some different sports and a number of different athletes who play different sports. And, um, most recently also even sort of exploring how some of the themes and topics that I've gotten to come across, um, and that have stood out to me as I've gotten to learn, um, my own lens, right? Like the, the lens that I was working through, um, and it, it shows up really for me in, in a lot of different performance, a lot of different arts. And I think it's, it's cool to think of sports, not only just as a competition, but also as an artistic expression. These guys are, are moving freely. It really is a dance. And at its best, they are expressing themselves. No swing is the same. Um, no throw is the same. And so the players are getting to express themselves through their through their actions on the field, through how they express the game. And so um, in terms of, you know, it's, it's the role that I was in with the Reds was called a mental skills role. I think there's, there are a lot of different branches to it. It's, it's a bit of a young, uh, a bit of a young field of performance. Psychology is, is often the way it's referred to. I'm actually, that's not, you know, when I think of, I was in a role as a mental skills coach and, and the way that I got to, sort of grow with it was really anchoring it with the game. How can we be aware of how our mind can work best with us as we play? Cause a lot of times our mind gets in the way. So it's actually less about um, a mental side of it. And a lot of it is actually trying to allow our mind <laughs> to let go while we're playing and, and being aware of how to use this tool that we have as part of us um, almost like another teammate. And, and be able to put the, the role of our teammate, the mind, in the best spot us rather than hurt us. And I think that shows up in any sport. I think that shows up in a lot of arts. Um, and I think that really shows up in life. And so we're kind of 
that's that's what most excites me about that lens that I've gotten to kind of work through and, and see the see baseball through. And um, it's interesting I got into it because I, I really struggled with it when I played. Um, the mental side of the game really was hard for me. I, my thoughts got in the way of my expression um, for a long time. And really, you know, the, 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 the times where I was able to let go of that and move freely and, and flow with the game and really dance um, and still compete, those when that blended, that was the most freeing and, and wonderful time. And I think that's sort of the excitement of the game is to try to put ourselves in the best position we can to allow that freedom and that fluidity and that um, peace of mind, peace of mind, right? Like trying to let the mind go so that our bodies can freely express as we play. And I think that shows up with, as I said, any, any sport um, and, and a lot of different expressions as we, as we move through life. Frank, I'd be interested to hear how it shows up for you as as you work on the radio too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, you know, it's really insightful. Some of the things you've told us here, and and is the way you've gone into it. uh, You've gone into it, you know, a lot deeper and in different directions than I than I expected you to go. So it's been really, uh, really insightful what you've shared with us uh, here today. I got to keep you on your toes, Ricardo. Got to keep you on your toes. You too, and you're doing that. You're doing that, Frank. (laughs) Hey, listen, man. I know you got to get to a plane. You got to get to Brisbane. You got to go beat your old buddy uh, Donald Lutz uh, this weekend so uh, we'll let you go we'll let you do that uh, I really look for, uh, love chatting to you man and would uh, look forward to talking to you again and getting to know a bit more about uh, Frank Fister let's do that at some point man but in the meantime uh, good luck against the bandits good luck against the cavalry and uh, safe travels alright sounds good thanks Ricardo appreciate your time there you go uh, that is uh, Frank Fister for the, uh, he's the new uh Third base coach, mental skills coach at the Tuatara Logan, and uh, damn, damn good man. Could have could have talked to him for the rest of the hour. To be fair, yeah, give that guy a show. <laughs> yeah, he's really awesome to listen to. Uh, if you missed any of that, make sure you go check out the podcast uh, for the full interview there, either on the SNZ app or wherever you get your podcast. Mate, that was that was awesome. I, one thing I want to know now, though, is how do you mentally prepare for a radio shift? I, I wasn't surprised. To, I, I didn't know that I was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think coffee has a lot to do with it. Yes, mm, especially yeah. in the mornings. No, I agree with that. Uh, of course, Auckland Tuatara start their season tomorrow against the Brisbane Bandits. They're, I'm pretty sure they're on a plane right now heading over to uh, Queensland. Uh, and, you know, New Zealand fans, we can watch on Baseball Australia's new streaming platform, just go to baseball.com.au and enter the code Baseball Australia, and it's all going to be streaming uh, live and free for us here in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, that's how you, that's how you get over it. Uh, hopefully, the CRB will be on it shortly because there's no market at the moment at all for the ABL on their website. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Maybe that's something we can have a cheeky dig at in tomorrow's multi. Actually, on multis, somebody texted through and said, we've got friends that have got $200, $400, and $100 on He's a Doozy when it was at fixed odds of $51. That's not bad. If that comes in today, the TAB might be having to go cap and hand back to the government. I'll just say that much, because uh, they, they stand to uh, be paying out a lot of coin. It is 11.24 here on SENZ. It's SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith at 11.29. A few texts come through. Uh, this one, uh, do we bat or bowl tonight? 
get the runs on the board maybe at the SCG and make the final for the four, uh, fourth time lucky from Anthony. Yeah, well, maybe. Uh, I do I do like the idea of bowling first and, and chasing, but and it seems to be the way that most teams tend to go. But uh, there was, I can't remember who it was that texted through earlier, said, you know, with our bowling attack, uh, you know, as we did against Aussie, put 200 on the board and then trust, uh, trust our guys with the ball. You can't uh, sniff at that either. Hey, listen, it's uh, just about time for Stumped. We have a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away. If you want to take me on at Stumped, give us a call now, 0800 150811, 0800 150811, and a $50 TAB bonus bet could be all yours. Right now, though, it is Araha with News and Sport. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Yes, it is time for Stumped here on SNZ Mornings. And no doubt you'll hear Ian Smith being top class at his job uh, tonight when the Black Caps take on Pakistan. Of course, Ricardo, we also have live ball-by-ball coverage here on SNZ with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Grant, he's uh, he's been copping plenty of stick from McCarty about how South Africa choked. Uh, <laughs> choked early, actually, for South Africans. Normally they choke in the semi-final, but they choked in the group stage. So, mind you, we can't talk because, you know, we've got a bit of a history of the same. Uh, we, we've yet to win one of these against Pakistan. Yeah. yeah, Or just yet to win a World Cup. All right. Uh, yeah, just make sure you chew your dinner, uh, <laughs> Grant, because we love what you do, mate. We love what you do. Of course, time for Stumped. $50 TAB bonus bet off for grabs. First of the crease, James from Christchurch. Come in, mate. G'day guys, how you going? Yeah, good mate, how are you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, looking forward to the cricket tonight. Yeah, what do you reckon? Oh, yeah, I'd like you say, I'd like to see us bat first, and um, and then back our bowlers to be able to put the pressure on. Yeah, we'll have to see how the toss goes. We we tend to, we tend to you know, it should be 50-50 winning the toss, eh? but it seems to be about 20-80 in our favour <laughs> the way we go. Yeah, it was uh, Kane Williamson, that's about right. Yeah, it's, it's the go. Yeah, for sure. All right. James, this is how the game works for anyone listening at home. We have three categories to choose from today. If you get a question wrong, then it's over to Ricardo for a chance to knock your bales off. Get out within the first two questions, and it's on to the next caller in line. Get dismissed on their final question, and we will jackpot tomorrow. How good would that be? All right, James, today's topics are golf, the Baseball World Series, and if you're feeling brave, football. Uh, oh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to go golf. Okay, all right, good luck. I will add, uh, if anyone that wants to play tomorrow, those football questions are very soft questions. Okay, all right, good to know. <laughs> all right, first question for you, James. Lydia Ko has enjoyed an incredible consistent year on the golf course where does the co-show currently sit on the women's world rankings uh, uh, well she she'd be up in the top couple but yeah she's not, obviously not number one I'd go number three maybe just a couple of chips down the wicket right in the slot and away it goes yeah the boy yeah nice nice but I had I had that one so uh, lucky you pulled that one out Sure mate, sure Alright James, second question for you Millbrook Resort hosts the New Zealand Golf Open When was the last time the golf course hosted the tournament? Uh, Well, over disruptions probably would have scrubbed out the last 
21 and 20, so I'd go 2019. One of the worst things I have ah. ever seen done on a cricket field. Ah. Okay. Uh, does that suggest that the Open gets shared around? Because it used to get shared around, right? Much like uh, the Open, um, which is, you know, sort of not always at St Andrews. They move it around different British golf courses. So, uh, yeah, I've got no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 2018. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. You played yourself, Ricardo. The correct answer I was looking for was 2020. Oh. Of course, cancelled this year and last year, but did go ahead in 2020. Okay, didn't know that. There you go. All right, you're still alive though, James. Last question for you. Last <clears throat> uh, shot. <laughs> Do you follow Live Golf at all? Not particularly. <laughs> all right, well, we'll see how you go here. Cameron Smith has made a big impact since making his debut on the Live Golf Tour. Oh, he's gone. He's disappeared. All right, well. Let's give it to him. I don't care about Live Golf. Haven't followed it, so he would have won anyway. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. You know what? Let's just let's just throw Billy in. Billy from Auckland. Come in, mate. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, good. We're going to potentially <laughs> throw you to the walls. See how you go, mate. Last question. Uh, how's your golf knowledge? Um, I'll be rusty, but I, I can know... You know, uh, the odd Tiger Woods one in that. Right. All right. Well, this is, this is on Cameron Smith, making a big impact since he uh, debuted in the Live Golf Tour. He captained Team Punch in the 2020 Team Championship to a second-place finish. Who captained, who captained Team Aces to a $16 million win? I know you're just laughing at um, that ridiculous amount of money there, Ricardo. Oh, laughing at the stupid name of the teams. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll go Dustin Johnson. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Yeah, that's right. DJ, they won uh, by a stroke. Cameron Smith almost snatched victory there, though, scoring uh, seven under par on the final day. So Cam Smith going great guns there, no matter where he plays in the world, Ricardo. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really don't care about the Live Golf Tour. It's just a money grab. Uh, Billy, uh, where are you going to put your uh, your fifty dollars TAB uh, bonus bet? Um, I'll probably look ahead to the rugby guys on the weekend. Maybe mm-hmm. a cheeky multi. Um, points start. Uh, I don't know. I'll need to have a look. Have a look. Not sure. So, what do you when you say the rugby? You're talking about the Rugby World Cup. You're talking the All Blacks. You're talking the uh, All Black Fifteen. Yeah, I'm talking 15s league. I'm no good at. Um, so, so maybe the women's. I might go. I might go the black terms of point start actually. Say a seven or eight point start. Yeah. And then look to go ahead with you know the southern hemisphere teams. Maybe maybe cheeky point start there too. So yeah, nice. You got to play the percentages, Ricardo. You do. You do. Actually, you're in Auckland. Are you going to the the final? I um, no double books. Really unfortunate. Yeah. But I'll be watching. All right. Well, that's good to hear, mate. Good luck with uh, the punt, mate. Uh, fingers crossed it comes in for you, eh? Hey, cheers, guys. Awesome. Cheers, Billy. Well done, mate. Yeah, he's got a self a $50 TAB bonus, but you can watch him bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, you, you, you look disappointed about my attitude towards Live Golf. I feel like I might be the only person at the station that actually cares about Live Golf. <laughs> I think, I think we, I mean, like, I, yeah, I think you probably are, to be fair. I think there's a lot of traditionalists here. 
I could say that much. I know Smithy's not a fan, is he? No, but I think he at least pretends. Oh, yeah, I don't pretend. I don't pretend. Staff, what about Staff? Staff's a big golf fan. Yeah, we'll ask him uh, when he comes in a little yeah. bit later towards the end of the show. No, I mean, yeah, I know. I know it's created a division in golf, but I don't know. I kind of like what they're doing. I, yeah, I mean, let's just... I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I like invention, and that's cool, but the way they've gone about it stinks. And oh, yeah, no doubt about that. No yeah. doubt about that. And and so for that very reason, that's why I don't, I'm like, I don't care now. Fair enough. Well, at least yeah. it's creating competition, and now the PGA Tour are forced to think of their own ideas as mm-hmm. well and sort of create uh, a bit more interest, I guess, potentially in uh, younger audiences as well. So yeah, it'll hey. be interesting to see what happens because, I mean, you know, I, I know the Saudis have got plenty of coins, so it probably won't come down to this. But in the past, we've th- seen things like breakaways like Super League, right? But it ended up falling over and it all came back together again at the end. I just don't see Live Golf falling over unless uh, whoever's plaything it in loses interest. Well, there's always that. And yes, of course, the whole idea of not having a TV deal yet. Um, you know, everything's streaming on YouTube, whether that's enough for them. The viewing numbers haven't been that great, especially when you think on a final day that they'd have huge numbers, but they they haven't, let's be honest. And they've uh, had some absolute chumps playing in it too, haven't they? <laughs> they let's have. Let's be honest. <laughs> there's been some, there's some big names there. I mean, come on, Dustin. Oh, jo- well, yeah, I mean, there's the big names, right. But, I mean, the fields aren't that competitive is what I mean. Yes, like, no. Like, was, wasn't there that guy that, I mean, um, I think he was a former world amateur champ that, I mean, he might have shot Izzy numbers in that in that first big tournament and and and, and finished the tournament la- dead last. We love Izzy. We do love Izzy. I'm just saying, you know, Izzy's a, a former rugby player who plays a bit of golf in the back. Uh, this guy was actually being paid to play golf and was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> now I'm just thinking, Izzy's like, yeah, give me a crack at live golf, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Honestly, Izzy, if you're listening, you probably do better than that bloke. Yeah, to be fair. fair. Yeah, so have a go, mate. Why not? Take the money. Take the money and run. It is 18 away from midday. When we come back, we'll catch up with Andy Thompson. 14 away from midday here on SCNZ. Ricardo in for Smithy. Well, he's at the T20 World Cup, of course. That semi-final tonight, live coverage right here on SCNZ with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott from 8.30. And after midday today, around most of the country, you can catch the Rural Rural Roundup with Andy Thompson. And Andy joins us and. You, you look like you don't look like you're in your home office, Andy. What about to you, mate? No, g'day, Ricardo. I'm in the uh, Christchurch SENZ studios today. I came over yesterday and uh, was fortunate enough to um, go to Cup Day. What a fantastic day that was! On for every single thing except the punt, mate. I can just tell you, <laughs> I crashed and burned big time, and I can tell you why. Um, I had to have a system because I know nothing about it, right? And I don't believe on anyone. So I thought I'd follow Tony Hurlihy all day. And it just crashed. Yeah. Like, like, not good. Not good at all. So, yeah. So now I'm locked into Friday. Right. Or is it Friday? I think I've just got to keep going. Yeah, just, just keep going, mate. Just keep, I was going to say, you're sounding very sprightly for somebody who was at Cup Day, to be fair, because I've talked to Louis this morning. He didn't sound anywhere near as sprightly as you do. I saw Louis this morning. No, he didn't look that, that sprightly either, to be honest. He looked a little bit jaded. But you know what, um, Ricardo, as you and I both know, with age comes experience and stamina. These young fellas, they just can't cut it, can they? No. He, uh, Andy Thompson, you say one thing about him. He's a stayer. He's a stayer. He likes the long distance. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm known to be a good tourist, mate, and um, <laughs> I will keep going. Uh, busy day today, though, because I'm um, heading out to Rickerton, actually, as soon as I uh, get the show underway. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to that. But then another couple of days, actually, at the New Zealand Ag Show. So that's kicking off in Christchurch today. So for the first time in two years, COVID-related hasn't been happening. So I just can't wait. I'm absolutely fizzing. I love the AMP show.
Yeah, mate, it's going to be it's going to be massive. So we'll have to uh, uh, see how you go. Who who have you got on? Have you got guests lined up, or is it just going to be a throw the mic around, see who turns up? Oh no no, I'm I'm I've got uh, I've got plenty of guests lined up. I've actually got uh, Dr. Tim Mackle from Dairy NZ. There's a bit of an issue about some engagement, uh, some communications with uh, the non-rural sector actually. So they're engaging with uh, urban New Zealand about ag. So interesting. And then I am going uh, deep into the Canberra AMP show or the New Zealand Ag show. I've got the general manager going to cross to her, Tracy Ahern. Uh, looking forward to chatting to her. And then there's actually something really exciting happening. Um, and it's something you know this could actually cross over and to SENZ because it's sport. So the Southern series of sharing is happening and this is kind of like this new... Um, I've only it's only just starting, right? So think of it as T20 for sharing or Super Rugby for sharing. They're going to have this series, and it's going to go international in a couple of years' time. So big money, big professional sharers actually getting out there with really top-line uh, television production, and they're talking to one of the big world sports networks to get it on. So this is really exciting stuff for sharing, and I think it's something that you know, we could start to follow. Yeah, well, we'll get, we've certainly got some stars on, on that front to be some more sports stars. That'd be, that'd be a turn-up for the Hellbergs, mate, if we can get a share on the on the list. Oh, gee, just, you're just going to talk about the help. That just gets people angry when you start talking about sharing. <laughs> uh, when you does. start talking about Hellbergs, you know. Yeah. Um, you've got to be a rower, don't you, and win a World Cup every 10 minutes? Yes. Oops, did I say that out loud? I think you might have. I think you might have. Good stuff, Andy. Have a great show this Arvo, and uh, good luck if you get to uh, have a punt on record and hope it's better than it was yesterday. Oh, can I get a – someone give me a tip, please. Text me through, double eight, double three, and, oh. and let's see if I can win some money because, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm dire. We did have a couple come through earlier. Number In race two, number three, Deploy, and in race four, number three, The Buffer. Okay, good one. Okay. Got that. Get Thank amongst. you. But I've got to recharge the account because I got down to the final 20 cents. You know you can bet, bet 20 cents, and I actually did that to try and get myself back. No. No, it didn't work. didn't work. No. Yeah, I've been there, mate. I've been there. I feel your pain. You have a great show today, Andy. Go well. Thank you, mate. Cheers. It is uh, nine away from a day when we come back. Staff will uh, tee us up for what's coming up on his show this afternoon on SCNZ. It is uh, time to catch up with Staff. You see what's coming up this afternoon. Uh, Staff, welcome in. Thanks, mate. Mate, good to have you. Good to have you. Now, uh, we, we actually had stumped earlier, and uh, it was a bit of controversy because Logan asked a live golf question, and then I went, well, I'm not answering it because I don't care. I've not followed oh. the live golf, not interested. Oh. I won't know the answer. So whoever's on the other end of the line, doesn't matter whether they get it right or wrong, they've won because I certainly won't know. <laughs> and uh, we had a bit of conversation about that. Then this text came through from Jared saying, hey, Logan, no more live questions, please. Your boss would not be happy talking about Smithy. And I'm a traditionalist, love the PGA. Where, where do you sit on live golf? Because I know you're a big golf fan. Look, I don't watch it and don't follow it. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit gutted that it split the top assets in the world of golf between two tours. Um, Live Golf won't buckle. Mm-hmm. The PGA Tour have to buckle. And I think for golf fans like me, I want to see them all playing each other. I want to see Rory McIlroy play Dustin Johnson. I want to see the future of Cam Smith from Australia. So something's going to give, and it ain't going to be Live. So I think the PGA Tour, whether Live Golf turns into like an IPL type window and they get two months of it and the PGA Tour go, okay, we're not going to operate in those two months and then everyone can go. There's room for it. There's room for more than one league in a big sport like that. The PGA Tour, the European Tour, harmonious. They Mm. can trip over in between. I know there's the human rights issues with Saudi Arabia money, but they have Formula One there, they have boxing there, they have MMA there. They have a whole lot of sports and they all dodge the controversy. So I think... In a decade's time, Ricardo will look back and it'll just be another tour like the Asian tour, the Japanese tour. It'll be the Live Golf Tour. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's... 
what did you think when it kicked off? And do you do, do you stop? I mean, I know you say you don't follow the tour, but do you follow the players still at all? No, no, I don't. And that's not me making a protest about it. Mm. I just don't. I actually will follow the LPGA tour more closely than the PGA tour now, um, and that's purely down to Lydia. I, and as you start watching Lydia, you get to know the other players, and you follow the other players, their rankings, and and um, new players come in. Um, I really enjoy the LPGA tour. I'm, I'm a huge. Um, patriotical bloke so when yeah. there's a Kiwi involved um, and I watch a little bit of the seniors too because of Steve Elka so He's I'm a little bit biased I'm a little bit silver fern biased yeah yeah no fair that's fair mate that's fair I, I, well, actually Lids is just uh, parted with another swing coach I mean what's what's a more dangerous job at the moment in terms of longevity being the Prime Minister of the UK or being Lydia Co's swing coach I don't think this one's as polluted as previous swing coach departures it was just the logistics that her swing coach had a family in the in the um that he wanted to spend more time with. So it was going to have to be Lydia going to him more than what he was doing with her. And um, I think it was an amicable, amicable split. He's done a great thing with her, readjusted her, refocused her, and she probably just needs tweaks now. He was a swing rebuilder, right? and that's been done. So, so yeah, I don't think swing it's... Swing tweaker. Yeah. Sweet. Sounds like a job you could do. <laughs> Love a tweak. Love a tweak, Steph. Love a tweak. <laughs> hey, now, you've got uh, a big show coming up this afternoon. Only the only the three hours, though, because, of course, uh, we've got running it straight from three to four. So what have you got coming up? Um, we're going to cross to Louis a few times, who's at Rickerton. Uh, big day, Copeland's day down there. Uh, the Wakefield stakes is on, but uh, the futurity... Oh, no, the Wakefield uh, for the two-year-olds is on. So we'll have a bit of an input from him. We're going to play a couple of races into the show as well, see if we can find a winner or two. Aside of that, we've got Mark Ramby. He's former All Black, former Manawatu man, uh, former Chief, the whole lot. He works with the Rugby Network and he deals with um, retired rugby players and getting them into business, getting them into jobs. Yep. And then over the next few weeks, we'll be talking to a few of those guys who have finished their careers. Also going to talk to Becky Gray. She's a BBC rugby journalist here in New Zealand for the World Cup. So we'll talk to her about English rugby and how they're so damn good and uh, looking at the final as well uh, Midday Madness as per usual um, The Chase it's Wednesday so we'll play The Chase yeah, nice yeah big full hour big, three hours big, big show coming up uh, that and lots more with staff and if you're uh, on the pundit Rickerton and you're not on He's a Doozy get on that 60k uh, boys get paid have got riding on that thing they, they change it from 550 to 360 at the tab value is gone, value is gone. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.